Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rise and shine, football fans. Welcome to Morning Footy. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. We're so glad you're here. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, Michelle Jean Grass in the house for some headlines. Hi, guys. What's up? What's up? Hi, Nico. Hi, <laughs> Nico. <laughs> so, Nico, uh, fresh off your trip to Brazil yeah. for the Copa Libertadores final. And uh, I know your, your beloved Boca did not come out on top, but how are you feeling? Was it still a, a good experience for you? Yeah, despite the devastation, it, it was quite an experience. Being able to live that with my dad on top of that, going to the stadium. I hadn't seen Boca in, in a really long time. I hadn't seen Boca in almost eight years. Life. Wow. Um, and I, being able to witness that in person, Aww. it was exceptional. I walked, oh, I walked into the is. stadium and, and I cried. Just Did seeing, you? Yeah, I cried. I walked into the stadium. I can't stadium picture Nico crying. And I knew I, that okay. was going to happen. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful. S- South American football, let me tell you, it, it is unparalleled. There is nothing in the world that can mimic that atmosphere in an international final. The, Mex- the Mexicans would have something... No, they're say. not even close. They wow. would have something different. Wow, that's a hot really? It is incredible. Yeah. Look at those scenes, Are though. you being serious? Yeah, I'm being they serious. They don't even come close. I would say maybe Turkish. But not in an international final. Like Panathinaikos and Galatasaray would have to get to the Champions League final for us to witness something like we witnessed at the Copa Libertadores final. Mexico, sure. In, in a Tigres-Monterrey, great. That's not an international final. It's not two clubs from two different countries, a set of people that feel so passionate for the team. It was like the back and forth between mm. the, 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 the fans was incredible. Imagine 70,000 people split, the stadium split in half. Was it literally like half Boca fans? I would say it was 60 Fluminense, 40 Boga, okay. which is pretty impressive yeah. because mind you, that's Fluminense's uh, home ground. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of back and forth. Do they sell, are they mindful of the amount of tickets that they sell to the opposition? Right, because the venue was set from the very beginning of the tournament. Okay, so it was always going to be. It was going to be split. It was always going to be at the Maracanã, and it was going to be split, but naturally, because it's in Brazil, some tickets, more tickets will probably go to Fluminense. Those neutral supporters, it'll be easier for Fluminense fan to get their hands on it. So it was like a 60-40, but it was honestly the, the atmosphere, the crowd, the intensity, the passion from both sides, the, the, the 
chants back and forth in the highs for Fluminense, mm -hmm. the electricity going through the air. When Boca gets their equalizing goal, it was... It was through you the roof. You posted something about that moment that you jumped into your dad's arms and you just like hugged I, when when Boca scored. I tackled him at his torso. Oh. It was like the first goal, and the first person <laughs> I went to grab was my dad. I just boom tackled him like that, and he was kind of just staying still. It was crazy. Aww. But South America, I just I just kind of wanted to give you guys the story so you guys could understand the context of what it was like to get there because I feel like everyone sees the game and just takes it for just the game within itself, but South America is a whole different world. Getting to the stadium is a crazy obstacle. It is unclear how to get to the stadium. It is difficult to get to the stadium. You have to find your way through police. Friends of mine had to go through a smoke storm of, of uh, tear gas. Some Boca fans were attacked by, by police. And when you go to Latin America as, an op wow. as opposition fans, especially if you're Argentinian going into Brazil, you have the police against you as well. Yeah. Like the police doesn't like you. So you have to battle that on top of that. And it was like we had press parking, but we didn't have press tickets. We didn't have a credential. So we had to make our way around the a sea of Fluminense fans. And it was just like I had my... I had a, Hoodie covering a Boca shirt. I was going to ask if you felt yeah, a did. little bit trepidatious about wearing a oh, Boca kit. I don't know where that came <laughs> that from was, on a Monday morning. Playing Scrabble in the morning? <laughs> you know, like, it was like something just like Damn, popped you know, in my head. Jody doing a crossword puzzle Hi, on the way you. to work. Yes, yes. I have a tremendous vocabulary. Uh, but I was, I was wondering yeah, about that. I, I did, I did. Okay. I, I had to make my way through the whole Fluminense sector because... Boga fans were being funneled in one place. Fluminense fans were being funneled in through another, which is right where our parking was. Uh, uh, we I did remember seeing you all in black as yeah. you were yeah, <laughs> getting through the, the crowds. <laughs> did you your dad get recognized at all, or um, by fans? But after after the game, far at, at the airport, actually, not not yeah. at the game. You told There's, me thousands of people were coming up to you about morning footy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, at the airport. You told me the was... players stopped the game when they saw you. <laughs> 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 correct, correct. The atmosphere is amazing. Yeah. Real question, though. Is the trigger there when the, when the goal gets scored for Boca? Did your dad start the goal call? Why would he start the goal call? Goal, because that's what he does for a living. Oh, when, you when think Boca he just Did he have the trigger? Yeah. Did, did, did when, he fire when, off? When, oh, I think my dad, <laughs> when, when, when Boca scores, it's a different, it's a different bellow. It's yeah. a different yell. It's very different. It's, it has more... Oh, I want to hear that. An on-air goal. It's very, it's very... Contained? It's more guttural? Is it's it more professional? Is it contained? It is more it's, it's, yeah, it's contained. When Boca scores, it's that. Primal. It's, primal. I would love, yeah, to, primal, I would love exactly. to have experienced that. Just Aww. that. Guy who's I'm glad you had a, a really wonderful experience yeah. with your dad. Thanks. I'm sorry about the result. I was, okay. I was really... Cheering for well, Boca. Thanks for I letting was a, me air out my, my story Anytime. for six minutes. I thought I was gonna Anytime. <laughs> sure He's like, I'll this. go quick. Yeah, <laughs> I will go just, We'll come in in the second segment. Uh, no, we're going to chat more. We're going to chat more on the final later on in the show. Um, quickly, though, before we go to a break, let's chat about one of the bigger games of the weekend. Der Klassiker Borussia Dortmund taking on Bayern Munich. We predicted that there would be a lot of goals in this game, and unfortunately for my bet, they were all scored by... <laughs> Bayern Munich and, and Harry and Kane at, casually the, as a hat trick. Look at the pace of Matt Hummels there. Um, 
Schlotterbeck and Hummels were just torn apart. To be honest, it was the complete Dortmund back line just getting shredded. Ugh. And then here, Shule uh, with, with a poor poor pass and, and uh, Musiala picks it off, slips it to Harry Kane and he scores a hat trick. <gasps> And he did, classical. The, he did the. He did the. He did the three. The, he did the, uh, the German. With <laughs> the, the German thumb. three. Okay, so take a look at his season stats so far in the Bundesliga. 15 goals in 10 Bundesliga matches. He's the first player in Bundesliga history with 15 goals in their first 10 appearances. This is, this is remarkable. This is why they paid 100 million plus and what for a- Harry Kane when he only had a year left on his deal because they knew they needed him now. And it's not just to win the Bundesliga, which is a very competitive league this season, but it's to win the Champions League. Mm. And that was the missing piece. We saw last season how good they are. Leroy Zane is phenomenal, and this year he's playing out of his mind. But they weren't going to win Champions League with Leroy Zane and Musiala and Kingsley Coman, as good as they are. They needed a centerpiece. And there you have Harry Kane, now the the perfect complement to dynamic attacking wingers and someone who's a complete striker. Whatever the game needs, he will adjust. Whether it's hold up and I'll feed the wingers and, and provide assists. The ball he played to Musiala in the second half was, was sublime. But he also is the, the exclamation point with the, the three goals. Just phenomenal. I, I, you, you ran out of superlatives with Harry Kane. This, is, this was at Signal Iduna. And it was looking easy for Harry Kane. You saw in those highlights how split the defense was. They were finding gaps. It looked like they were at a different pace. It looked like the Dortmund backline was stuck in third gear all game. And the, all the forwards were in fifth gear. It was a completely, two different, completely different clubs and two, two completely different levels. If you're Dortmund, you now have a lot of questions as to how you move forward. Because if you're going to be good in Champions League, which is where Dortmund belongs, you're going to have to be good in Bundesliga. And they looked... Not the oh, part. Let, let's address the Gio Reyna situation because he couldn't get minutes all, in this team. We all talked about Gio Reyna. I knew I, I knew he wasn't going to start, given how he was used. But to not even come in for it, it, when your team is when your team is down Zero bad, to try to shake things up. He's not an option off the bench. Dortmund were so poor, and again in their classicer, it's like this is the matchup they just can't get right. There's like a mental edge that Bayern puts to Dortmund's neck every time that they play this game. You can see three minutes in off of a set piece. This is tactics. Like, this is, a co- this is coaching on. when you, wa- when you look at it. Every single time, how are you gonna, every single time. How are you going to open up and play a track meet Why against Bayern Munich? Your, your, your back line to your, to your attackers, the gaps are huge. So in transition, Munich just had, had their way. It yeah, was it was. Chance after chance, they had six quality chances to, to kill this game. And Dortmund maybe had one really mm. great chance with Marco Royce nice. in front of goal. And who, who's, who comes up with the big save is Neuer, who's, who's back in his, what, third Bundesliga game. Just incredible from, from Dortmund uh, or from Bayern Munich in this match just to show how much better they, they are than Dortmund. 15 shots. Oh, great. One on goal mm. for yeah. Dortmund. It's not good. That's horrific. 50 50 possession. I get it. At but home. what did you do with it? At home. Key <laughs> word at home. The way that the two seasons began, there were question marks with Bayern, there were question marks with Dortmund. And it felt like Dortmund were finally getting not only results, but they were convincing in their play. They were finally getting it right. And Bayern, on the other hand, they had just lost in the day if they poke yeah. out to the third division side. And 
it feels like this is where the two teams split. It's like, all right, Dortmund's back to, to, to the starting point and Bayern is finally offline. They've mm -hmm. bounced back really well from that almost an excusable loss, I would say, in the day of Bay Polka. And this it's, is with Kimmich with a red card. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, it's wild. So Harry Kane becomes the first uh, Bayern Munich player to score three goals in their first Der Klassiker. He is now, he's scoring goals in Champions League. He's scoring goals in Der Klassikers. I mean, this could not have worked out better for, for Bayern. And it's just, I don't know, for Harry Kane, do you feel like this is, I don't know, him kind of like exercising some some demons. You know, he was so good at Tottenham, but he could never win that that trophy. Does it feel like he's kind of on this path to something? The way we talk about a Robert Lewandowski and the way he contributed to Bayern Munich, it feels like Harry Kane is on that that path. Yeah, I, I, Suze, I think you're spot on with this. I mean, it, this is the first 14 Bayern appearances and, hmm. and both strikers were at different parts of their career. So yes, it's six goals and four assists for Lewandowski in his first 14 appearances, but he was not the Lewandowski that we know today. Sure. So that was a young Robert Lewandowski who was just coming into his own, leaving Borussia Dortmund, whereas Harry Kane is seasoned. This is, this is prime Harry Kane at his very best. This is the peak of his career. And I, I do feel that he came to Bayern Munich not to win the Bundesliga. He came to win Champions yep. League. Mm -hmm. That's why you make that move from Tottenham. It's not just to win a trophy. It's to win the trophy, the trophy that everyone's after. And that's the Champions League. And he thought this is his best chance at doing it. So kudos to Harry Kane and, and also for coming in and bossing the game. Like, yes, five assists. I don't yeah. want to forget about no, that. It's the five I'm assist glad, part as well. I'm glad you're highlighting Bundesliga. that. Top, top player. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. All right, guys, we are going to take a quick break. Michelle's going to be back with some headlines when we return. Don't go anywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. Let's check in on our weekend footy wagers. Mm. I know, because it went so well for all of us at this desk, said nobody. Okay, um, so none of us hit. Nope. This is a look at what was on the line for us. Jimmy Conrad, though, the only one of us that hit his bet, and, and he bet on MLS games, yeah. which just, it's like added salt into my, my open wound. Two weeks in a row he goes, only MLS games that he hits. Oh, no, he did not oh, hit. he didn't hit last week. He didn't hit last week. We, oh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it just, it, I felt so secure about mine. Honestly, I was like Liverpool playing Luton. That's a that's a definite win right there. Had not even been for Darwin Nunez. That was the game changer right I there. I know, I know. The sitter that the sitter. Salah sets him up for. That, that you see Salah flop to the floor? Oh, he would. <laughs> He's doing everything he can. <laughs> Darwin yeah. Nunez has and his then, moments. I mean, Alexis, yeah. you're basically picking sure things. Uh-huh. Sure things. Two of them were <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> no, AC Milan, which this is not an AC Milan jacket, but it looks like it. AC Milan couldn't gave the first win to Udinese for the season. Trophies looked pretty good. 
Uh, and then uh, Rayo Vallecano and, and Real, Real Madrid. Madrid. Really? I know. Really, yeah. guys? I know. I wonder how many clean sheets Rayo Vallecano has had in the Bernabeu. Well, just, just when I bet on it. Not him. many. I'm going to say. You can thank Jose Luta for that. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy hits his bet on the Celio Pompeo What was cross. it? A what did we cross. call it? A cross. cross. No. Cross. It was, it was a cross. A cross. Okay, let's. Nah, he this is what this, he bro. hits his bet on. Yep. Jeez. Yep. It's a great goal, though. Who's 26? Parker? Yes. He was looking for Parker back post. Mm -hmm. Didn't need him. Didn't need him. Oh my gosh! I mean, to his credit, though, Jim, you know, what a what a win for Jimmy. His former team wins the game, and he hits his bet. Oh, like it couldn't Suze. have gone. I know. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 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 snorted. Oh damn! Why you gotta do that? I'm just like, yo, I just saw her the other he day. Said, yep. He said, oh, <laughs> the yep. red Suze. Yep. Suze. Yep, I know. It's grim. It's grim. It's bleak. It's bleak for me. Listen, there's always next week, right? That's what there they, is. That's what they say. God, it is just. This is hard. Mm. Yeah, this ain't easy. It's not easy. Okay, can we can we can we do like a team exercise here? Uh, let's just uh, <laughs> no parlays. No parlays. For Friday, just one bet. <laughs> I think each that's of us, smart. Okay? This is how we're gonna beat Jimmy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Did okay. we have to hold hands? Today? Yes, we did. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we did because someone's gonna synergy. Parlay. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I'm oh doing a man! Both uh, teams to score. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I'm ready to. Put I'll do only do one game. In this with five parlays. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's send it on over to Michelle, who has our headlines today. Hello, Michelle. Hi. What does the red mean? It means I'm below the thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm in the. You're red. in debt. I'll tell you I'm what it means. Debt. It ain't good. It's not good. It's <laughs> not, not good. good. You don't want to be in the red. You don't want to be in debt. It's a lonely place to be. Okay. Yeah. All right. Better luck next Thank week you. for you. Thanks, okay. Michelle. Wow. Let's do headlines. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. Uh, feeling spicy today on this Monday. We start with one of the hottest players in Europe who could have his run of top form halted by an injury. Jude Bellingham suffered a shoulder injury during Real Madrid's goalless draw to Rayo Vallecano. And while he finished out the match, the English star was seen sporting a heavy wrap after the match. Real Madrid manager Carlo Ancelotti confirmed on Sunday that Bellingham would undergo tests today to determine the severity of the injury and whether he would be available for Wednesday's Champions League match against Braga. We'll keep you posted on Bellingham's status throughout the day today as well. In other injury news, Newcastle winger Jacob Murphy is facing a long stint on the sidelines after suffering a dislocated shoulder in Newcastle's win over Arsenal on Saturday. Newcastle manager Eddie Howe confirmed that Murphy will require surgery. He suffered the injury just 15 minutes after coming off the bench against Arsenal. The appearance marked Murphy's return from a shoulder injury he suffered in Newcastle's Champions League loss to Borussia Dortmund last month. In South America, Boca Juniors suffered their record six Copa Libertadores finals defeat on Saturday against Fluminense, and the match served as the end of Jorge Almiron's time as Boca manager. Almiron stepped down as Boca manager, ending his tenure after just seven months in charge. He replaced Hugo Abara in April. Boca's run to the Copa Libertadores final was the lone bright spot in Almiron's tenure, with Boca currently sitting in seventh place in the Argentinian league. Staying in South America, Brazil has submitted a letter of intent to FIFA to host the 2027 Women's World Cup. The Brazilian Minister of Sport presented the documents to FIFA President Gianni Infantino at the Copa Libertadores final in Rio on Saturday. 
Brazil is just one of several bidders from 2027's World Cup to join a joint Germany-Belgium-Netherlands bid, a combined USA-Mexico bid, and a bid by South Africa. FIFA will select the host for the 2027 World Cup in May. And in other women's soccer news, Emma Hayes has emerged as the leading candidate to take charge as U.S. women's national team head coach. Chelsea announced on Saturday that Hayes will leave the club at the end of the current season. And according to multiple reports, Hayes is finalizing a deal with U.S. soccer to replace Vlako Andonovsky as head coach. Hayes would reportedly take over as U.S. women's national team coach once Chelsea's season concludes, meaning her first competition as U.S. coach would come at next summer's Paris Olympics. So, Charlie, Emma Hayes was on people's wish list for this U.S. Women's national team job. Are you still surprised to see the reports that it can actually happen? And what do you think about how she could do as head coach of this team, how she fits in with this uh, current group? I love it. Uh, I'm <laughs> pumped. Hyped? I'm hyped? hyped. I think this is a great choice. Um, just seeing what, how she had her Chelsea side play in the Women's Champions League, I think she's a, a tremendous coach the way she carries herself. I think she's going to bring in new ideas. I, I love it. I, I'm a big fan of it. So, um, it's, it's a little bit surprising to see such a, a top candidate emerge from the pool of, of people that were interested in this job. Of course, everyone I feel in the world would say, have, this is a high profile have an eye on, on the U.S. Women's National Team job. And for Emma Hayes to, to be potentially the, can, the right candidate, I, I think that's just awesome. Am I wrong in suggesting this is the most high profile gig in women's soccer? I would you think so. Absolutely spot on. I mean, you got to say they, they got it right with this one. I mean, we'll wait to see what the results are. But as far as the feeling, I've never seen all of Woso, players, coaches, fans, everyone kind of united and going, whoa, mm -hmm. we got the right one. And she even mentioned in an interview with Chris Whittingham where she said, I'm from England, but I was basically made in America mm -hmm. in her time in w, uh, WPL, I believe the, the, other, the previous league was called. Um, and, and obviously another stint in America, in American soccer, she sort of understands the, the outlay. The, the landscape. The, the landscape, that's yeah. the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um, and to me, that I think is a big hurdle for a lot of coaches that come from outside of America is understanding how things are done here and how to navigate a very somewhat bureaucratic soccer landscape. how to go about change, I yeah. think, as well. She seems yeah. like the right one. Matt Crocker also seems like a good choice for that. And, and for football-wise... The United States needs to start keeping that gap with the rest of the world that's been catching up. And that was kind of like the theme at, at this World Cup. And Emma Hayes, if she is going to be the national team manager, she'll bring something totally refreshing, new ideas to the table mm -hmm. that this national team desperately needs. It felt like there was so much talent and so much youth coming to this new next generation yeah. of players. And it was stagnant at the World Cup. We weren't going anywhere. So this is the next fresh step that I hope mm -hmm. the United States takes in order to start breaching that gap again because the rest of the world is catching up. Do you know what? It's, it's, it's breathed in some life into yeah. U.S. soccer. Yeah. I feel excited again. Yep. When, I, when I heard this news break that she was the, emerging as the lead candidate, I was excited. I got this like, rush of like, and, that's, and that's, I think that's been missing especially after the early World Cup exit and just kind of the, I don't know, we were so underwhelmed with the way they played. Very much and, so. and this just injected a bit of energy and excitement into a fan base that desperately needed it. And I the, think that was super important. Is she the biggest name in that locker room now? Because I think that's important. That's something mm. I think Vlaco suffered Good, from. Great point. Is she now the biggest name? 
I mean, not as long as Alex Morgan's in, in the team. But she commands That's respect. Mm -hmm. I think she commands more yeah. respect than, Vlad, than Vladko, yeah. which, which is a big move forward. And, and that's very important. I love it. Very exciting. All right, guys, we're going to take another break. Um, we are going to chat some MLS Cup playoffs when we return. Stay with us, everyone. Victory here in penalties would send Cincinnati through to the conference semifinals. Moreno puts it away. The center back, Reyes! And the Supporter Shield champion Cincinnati advance to the MLS Cup Playoffs Conference semifinals. Obrian calls his own number to seal the deal. We'll see you Friday night in Seattle. Kingdom Show! Sporting Kansas City does it. A sweep of their rivals. They give LAFC the lead on the road. LAFC moving on. Welcome back. A wild weekend of MLS Cup playoff action. Here's a look at the results. The second match of the first round three game series saw FC Cincinnati win on PKs. They win the series two games to nothing over the New York Red Bulls. FC Dallas, though, get the 3-1 win over the Seattle Sounders. They push it to game three. Sporting Kansas City beat St. Louis 2-1 and LAFC beat Vancouver 1-0 both of those series and at two games let's get into the highlights we start with the Red Bulls hosting FC Cincinnati 45th minute oh Tom Barlow where did he come from <laughs> right on the edge had a tough time all season scoring goals comes up with a big playoff goal but we knew Cincinnati Bupenza Lucho Acosta with a nice pass Tucks it into the far post. That's tidy. Yeah, he had actually just missed a sitter just before that, but man, he made it right. And this, wow. I so, thought okay. another okay. game ends on an Olympic Okay. You know? Honestly. There, the there way was, they there celebrated was after hook. this. Yeah, yeah. It was yep. a little so, soft. So Miazga called for a foul there, and then this one goes to PK's. John Tolkien, the key had a chance to win it right here. Red Bulls actually had two chances to Surge win it in the PK shootout. And look oh. at that, cool, calm, staring at Slots the fan. Slots at home, mm -hmm. Junior Moreno. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the center back, and, oh. <laughs> Andreas. Oh. I feel bad for center backs when they got to step up there. I know there's some that just blasted down the middle. Cincinnati moving on. All mm -mm. right, let's move it along to Dallas. We're hosting the Seattle Sounders. Seattle won game one. Could Dallas put some pressure on him? And the answer was yes, a resounding yes. Camungo to Ariola. Look at that. Ariola, they needed him to be big. And Kamunga again here, Kamungo, and he gets fouled. Nohu Tolu comes in and just catches him. It's a little mag. Mm -hmm. It goes to VAR because the ref said play on. And points to the spot. The spot. This Guess is the man we said up. needed to show up. Here he is. Golasso. Jesus Ferreira putting that one away. We have said that as Jesus Ferreira goes in games that he scores, FC Dallas benefits, and mm -hmm. that was certainly the case in this one. But this is no surprise, Dallas at home. They come alive at yeah. home. They, there's just this mystique when they play at home, and this is just a class goal from Obrian. 
You no look, at, look at how no one Ariola closing in. overlaps, and Jackson Reagan, he, he's kind of just caught in no man's land. You have to make a decision. You either step or you you get closer and you force him one way. He didn't. He played in the middle, and that, that run just across. made Obreon. Mm. That run across was so great. It gave that back line some pause. We'll go to a third match. Here we go. Vancouver, a record-setting crowd here, by the way, for Vancouver, hosting LAFC, who won 5-2 in the first Penal! That's a pen. And That's guess pen. who steps up? Guess. The golden boot winner. Buanga. Wild and guess. This is clearly a pen. That's a nice shove in the back. Black Blackman dove in, gets caught, and then Buanga steps up and buries it. Your Top golden ends. boot winner putting this one away. Why not? With the flip to boot. <laughs> yeah. Oh. The ref said, get out of here, bro. He's been in the gym. Leveled by the ref. He's been in the gym. Which, who said refs can't, who, who don't have that strength, that horsepower? <laughs> that, was, that was a brick wall. That was a clear offside. The, the game ended 1-0. Um, Vanny Sartini lost it, he rightfully did. so, though. He did, he but did. SKC, put some respect on my name! <laughs> yeah, remember when I picked St. Louis to go all the way? Oh, so SKC, the only away team to win their first game, they are hosting St. Louis in the second game, and this was pretty. Yes, Logan and Dembe scores that first goal. Shallowy tucks home this second one. Nice pass from Gadi Kinda. Wow. And then the Schross. The Schross. I mean, he totally meant to do it. Bro, they just got knocked out of the playoffs. Give it to him, will you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, pretty remarkable turnaround Incredible. for Sporting Kansas City. Honestly. Think about it. We were talking about the winning spoons. We were. I know. Wooden spoon. It's a team that lost more games than they won, beating one of the best teams in the regular season mm -hmm. in Major League Soccer. It's, it's quite incredible. And it was in a best of three, so we can't make the excuse that it was a single game. No. Yeah, this That's is true. back to back. Yeah, this is a over a hundred. Won in their house, their first ever playoff game. Not in their only house. did they win in their house, they scorched them. Yeah, over they 180 minutes. The team I picked in Kansas City, the maturity that they showed, the the, the class that they brought to the field yeah. to be able Flat. to manage the game. Blew them out of the water mm -hmm. in, in St. Louis. And then at home in that first half, the way that they were able to control, dictate, um, and the way that not only they would keep possession, but knew when to jump lines mm -hmm. and skip lines and find Shallowy. Shallowy was playing at a different wavelength. And he got his reward in the second half. Uh, it, it was a very mature game Experience. from sporting Kansas. They're playing Kinda, Johnny yeah. Russell as well. And I think just to, to look at how St. Louis played in that game, there was no threat. They, nope. they just weren't threatening in the attacking mm -mm. third. Joao Klaus was up there just running around, but mm. was ineffective. Um, really talks about, uh, speaks to how Sporting Kansas City just controlled the midfield. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, they were, they were playing pressureless football. They said that. His, Peter Vermey yeah. said he was like, we're playing free. Yeah, they, we've been free. down. They've been down bad before. They're, they're like, no, no, listen, we've we've hit rock bottom. We we already know what that feels like. We're not we're not worried. We're playing house money. You said a couple mm -hmm. of times, and that's exactly what it feels like. They're like, hey, baby, I'm, I walk out of here today. I'm good. We made it into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that that sense. And what you see with St. Louis was a team who maybe wasn't a hundred percent sure how to handle themselves in this spotlight. Their and first season their first in season. MLS. And this is not to take away anything that they achieved in their first season in this league because it's incredible what they were able yes. to do. But I think 
to ex- I mean to, to get into the playoffs and then to continue this this streak. I mean that was always going to be a, a tall task for St. Louis in their in their first year. I think they should feel incredibly proud about they what should. they achieved. Um, but when you're up against a team like Sporting Kansas City, a coach like Peter Vermees who has so much experience in in the postseason, you know you just kind of have to tip your cap and say, hey, the better team. The better team won, the better team is moving on right now. They lost their identity, St. Louis, in the two games. They didn't look like a team in the regular season, and all credit to Sporting Kansas City. That's because of the virtue of what Sporting Kansas City set out to do and to essentially, through 180 minutes, mop the floor with them. When we're talking about aggregate, this is what, a 6-2 aggregate? Mm -hmm. But you also have to go into St. Louis has been figured out. When, when you know what to expect from a team, you know how to play through a team, you see their weaknesses, and they don't adjust, and then they're, they're, they lose some confidence in the sharpness that you get mm. picked apart. I think there's mm-hmm. also something to be said about how a season in MLS goes. You cannot burn yourself out early. Yeah. And kind of now looking back, I think we can say they did. After the U.S. Open Cup, St. Louis wasn't the same. You need to build to the playoffs. You know, Sporting Kansas City left it a little late, but they made it. But now they're hot, where they weren't at the beginning of the and season. That's the depth. You need that depth. Yeah. It's, Sporting it Kansas tested. City now have almost three weeks before they will play again. So we'll see almost if that if that time vacation. off is going to be. At, well, but, but but for guys, you know, some some guys can benefit from rest like that. I Johnny don't know, Russell. Still, Johnny Russell. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you guys Literally took the words out of my mouth. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take another break. Christina Uncle is going to join us on the other side to chat about the weekend of uh, some controversial calls. Stay with us, everyone.